0: Hello and welcome back to Project Between, a podcast about third culture kids navigating life. I'm your host Hannah, here with my co-host and sister, Erin. Hi. Hi. In today's episode, I thought we'd talk about something a little different. And as you can see here, I've laid out some cue cards. I thought about historical events and the context in which we had to deal with these moments and because we lived in so many different places chances are we might have had to deal with these events in different countries and maybe we were in the same place for some of these so this is not in any specific order they're um upside down so why don't you pick a card and we can jump right in so i'll just pick one yep lo and behold the first card reads trump election um, so where were you when Trump got elected? Where was I? I was in my last year of university. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I remember because there were the presidential debates and I we went to one of the like student bars, uh, me and my couple friends, and I remember watching that. I remember everyone, especially because so many of my friends were American, were following like American politics very closely. And... Yeah, I remember everybody getting very antsy. Like hell, I remember going to a, a cafe and they had tip cups and one cup was for Hillary and one cup tip uh, cup was for Trump and and you would put tips in whichever one you supposedly supported. That's how much the American political landscape was being like pervasive, right? And it made me a lot more aware about the, the political situation across the border. But I remember the, the day he got elected, it was It was kind of like a very, I guess, like subdued sadness in a way. because obviously, you know, university campus, those kids are not going for Trump. Right. And you were in Montreal, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. For me, I was in Seoul and I was following news on like various media outlets and seeing it on Twitter and Facebook. My general impression was that Hillary was going to win no matter what. Yeah, I mean, that's the impression I got too, but I realized I really did live in a student bubble. Yeah, I lived in a bubble too, and I think it's because people that I called my friends from college, everyone around me were Hillary supporters, so I had this very skewed view of what was happening in America, and then, yeah, Trump was elected. I mean, obviously Hillary won the popular vote, but Trump became president at the end of the day, so... That was really surprising. I think all of my social media feeds were just filled with size. Okay, let's move right on and see which other uh, major historical events pop up. Should I choose one this time? Yeah, go for it. Oh, COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen. Like when? Are we gonna talk about like when it started? Because I feel like that's that's pretty much like where our experiences are the most different, because other than that, it was like becoming a homebody. When did it first break out? I think it was um, December of 2019. Yeah. And i just come back from a trip to Japan, mm-hmm. and something was happening in China. Mm-hmm. It was not being talked about a lot, so people were kind of antsy. But yeah, and then 2020 happened. I think the first case broke out, uh, sometime in January. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our world is not in the same sense. I was obviously in Korea, having to deal with it here in the way that Asia deals with pandemics. And yeah, I think Korea did a good job, generally, informing people of what's going on. Also, you know, the test, trace, and treat. The three Ts that Korea became known for. So for the most part, I didn't feel like I was in the dark. But obviously, it's still ongoing, so we don't know how this will end. I mean, I heard from well, like a friend who was experiencing COVID in Korea say that like a lot of the quick reaction from Korea was thanks to um, MERS happening not that long ago. Right. So like there was already kind of a framework for it, which I think helped. Mm. Um. I mean, for me, on the other hand, it was like complete oblivion. I remember that that December of 2019 I was just like business as usual going to the new year I saw starting a new job too and weirdly enough I was following this like Chinese artist on Instagram who was who shared a post about like hey there is an outbreak in China and like news news outlets aren't really covering it and it was about Wuhan mm. and I'm thinking this doesn't look good, but, you know, it's always, like, sort of a distant problem until it stopped being a distant problem. Yeah, it became, every- it became everyone's problem. Yeah, and then late, April- late late February or early March, everything went into lockdown. And, like, I remember my company saying, like, this is probably, like, a two-week thing. And then, like, a year passed. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, and you experienced complete lockdown, in a way that I never did because I lived in Seoul. But what was that like for you? I mean, it was intense. Like, everything was closed. And I mean everything. You can't go to restaurants. They were only open for takeout. You could only go to grocery stores and, um, like, the drugstore. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, even those places were not open. And, like, they were open for very short periods. They were open from, like, 11 a.m. to, like, 6 p.m. Like, it was really difficult to get groceries on time because places weren't open. And I remember the day they announced uh, lockdown, people were panic buying toilet paper. (laughs) I read about that. Yeah, there were, like, there was no, like, the entire aisle of carbs was gone. I was like, how are suddenly people needing, like, eight bags of rice is beyond me. (laughs) But, you know, bless, bless them, I guess. But, like... Yeah, that was intense. And then I remember just taking walks because there's nothing else to do and being cooped up at home is kind of like just not a good time. And it felt really eerie because everything was closed. I had never seen the city so quiet and like ghostly the way it was. And um, yeah, like, I mean, honestly, for a while, there was also very, very little car traffic. It was an interesting period. It was like, the it actually did feel a little bit apocalyptic. Mm hmm and like everyone was so tense it's like all anyone could talk about it's all anything my friends could talk about it's all anything my coworkers could talk about and like at a certain point it's 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 tiring and especially when like a year passes two years pass you realize like yeah people have needed to emotionally move on but yeah that was like the beginning of covid moving right on uh so why don't you take a pic Rise of Psy Gangnam Style in 2012. I mean, I was in Korea then. Uh it was the summer right after I, uh, I graduated from high school. Oh, right. And for me, it was very strange because I just left New York. And I remember there were classmates who were into K-pop. And they were made fun of. And yeah, and then, you know, I turn around, I come back to Korea. And all of a sudden, K-pop's a thing. And I think it all started with Psy and Gangnam Style. I remember seeing, like, an initial video of it. I forget who shared it to me. I don't know how I found out. But what, like, kind of struck me was uh, it showed up on Reddit. Whoa. Yeah. And that's I think that's what made me go, oh, huh, this is a bigger deal than I expected. Uh, You know, it's one thing to be that big in, like, the spheres of, like you know, Korean, like, kids, and, like, just, like, general conversation in Korea. But it's another thing to see it on the front page of Reddit. <laughs> what was the thread about? It was just, like, I think it was in, like, our music or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, someone shared a video, and it's, like, oh, look at this funny music video by this, um, like, our, Korean artist. Yeah, but that, that was really strange, and, like, how it swept across the globe. Yeah. And... Yeah, like, random people in random places started, like, copying um, the dance moves. Yeah, I mean, I remember actually seeing a, a Facebook post of a friend who had traveled to Turkey, and she was watching some dolphin show, but the music they were playing was K-pop style <laughs> in Turkey. Even the dolphins were... Yeah, I, like the com- beluga com- whales had to like do their tricks to come up <laughs> still. Oh my god, which is like really surreal and bizarre. But and can you believe it? That's ten years ago. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, yeah. You're next, Kimiya. Gold, gold medal, Vancouver. I mean, this one's like I think a more emotional one to you than it is to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I real I wrote this down because yes, I do love. Kim Young-a, she'll be my forever queen. But also, I remember watching this in New York, in my dorm room. I was going to say, I was in Korea at the time. Yeah, so I sort of missed out on the hype. Mm-hmm. I was in my dorm room. We didn't have a TV, so I somehow like found a channel on the internet where they were broadcasting it live. And it was, yeah, a really emotional experience for me. And I still watch that video on YouTube from time to time and, and tear up. up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um I mean I specifically remember being in school for that particular performance. So I think just based on time zone differences, her performance was during like class and kids did not care. They were like we need to watch our queen. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think in a way the teachers kind of realized that that they can't they can try to police us but we're going to find a way to watch it. So there a lot of kids like huddled around each other's laptops watching her performance on like, you know, you know the same probably the same bootleg broadcast we can find yeah i remember watching it kind of like a a terrible broadcast of it and then watching it again later properly when it was uploaded uh-huh like do you remember maybe like it being shown on the news or would like how newspapers covered it and so on uh, it was on the news a lot for sure i mean she got the gold medal so it was like a big deal yeah, I mean, like, my scope of it was how much everyone else in my grade was excited to see her. And, like, everyone was kind of like, she's performing. And... Mm. I think that's a difference, though, because um where I was, no one cared but me. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas you were here, so everyone was kind of rooting for her at the same time. Everyone cared, and for some reason, like, it, it was, like, of course it had to air when we had to attend classes. So it was really funny us trying to dodge dodge teachers telling us to, like, not watch it and just watching it anyways. Mm. Uh, is it my turn? Yeah. Hmm. Ah. Your first cell phone and your first smartphone. This is where our age difference kind of shows because my first cell phone was a brick. I think it was a Nokia. Nice. And indestructible. May have been early 2000s or even before then Mm -hmm. and my the the screen was black and white yeah and you could play the snake game yeah but yeah that thing was a brick (laughs) my first cell phone was when i was seventh grade i think and it was like this little like pebble sized phone that like you slide to open and yeah it was in korea i remember i had my first cell phone pretty late all the other kids had cell phones i was the only one with like absolutely nothing finally got my little pebble phone very reluctantly too i don't think mom wanted to to get a phone for me and it ran on like that so you i don't know if you had to experience too much of like like for minors in korea you can't have a full phone plan at least when i was a kid they like did it based on like they call it and like it's like a like, a certain amount that's charged to your phone. But if you run out, you run out. Like, you you can't send text. You can't, like, send calls or anything. You have to, like, charge it somewhere. You have to, yeah, you have to recharge the eye or you have to wait for the next billing cycle. Mm. And that actually becomes a problem later in my life. But that was my first phone. Like, um, just that little Pebble phone, I remember. Got really good at, like, texting on it with the number pad i know yeah i got really quick at that and like ah, uh, there was like there was a little you could play games on it it had some like i had this like little tiny game pack that i managed to buy with the some of the money charged on my phone and it was that was fun i remember one of them was like you jump on clouds and stuff oh yeah played that one quite a bit i was excited because that phone was also in color Oh. Because remember, phones didn't used to be in color. Yeah, I told you. My first cell phone was black and white. I remember when we were leaving South Africa, there being this big ad by, I think, Samsung for, like, the first, like, color phone. And it was this woman with a flip phone, and, like, out of the phone was coming this rainbow. Oh, and she yeah. was waving it like a gymnast, a gymnast waving, like, a ribbon. And she like she's, like, ethereally floating down, and it was just like, yeah, color phone. Yeah, it's, a, like, a revolution. hmm Yeah. But yeah, now it's like mainstay. But yeah, what about your first smartphone? Um, oh, my first smartphone. So I had a BlackBerry right before leaving New York. So that's not even a smartphone. No. Um, some of my friends had gotten the first iPhone, but I didn't have one yet. And I think I only ended up getting a smartphone when I moved back to Korea. Mm. So I sort of missed out. It would have been so convenient to have one in New York just to, like, get around. Because I used to have to, like, carry around a physical map or draw maps on my hand with a pen when I was, like, going out in Mm -hmm. the evening. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, some of these venues are sweaty, by the time you leave, it's all smudged, and then you have to somehow figure out how to get back. (laughs) Also, yeah, I remember trying to call home mm-hmm. like i didn't use skype i used a like a paid international card, card. Yeah, yeah yeah i had to charge it with an international card and sometimes i'd be on the phone with mom and whoever else and it like beeps to let you know that you're running out of funds uh-huh. and so i remember sending a lot of emails and keeping calls you know short Oh, that's that's like that's crazy it you know that's something that um our like our grand asked me about she was like oh do you need to buy an international card like a call card and i'm like no we just like call through the internet yeah know? and like it like i never have to deal with that like ever and when i went to school all i did was call through the internet i know i know and we have um what's a c- cacao now so you can text you can call send photos exactly like the It's nothing like a, it's definitely a whole new world. Yeah, the world changed so much. Yeah. All right, next topic. Obama's presidential win. Oh, so this is also the flip when you were in college and I was in Korea. Yep. So I was in New York. I guess it was only when I became a college student that I realized how political young people can be. And I think it's an American thing. I was also in a very progressive state. Yeah. And I was in New York, and my friends around me were very vested in the results of this election. And, yeah, I distinctly remember the day that Obama won. Yeah. It turned into a block party. People were screaming, running around campus, celebrating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it left an impression on me because I don't think... I'd witnessed an election like that that was like so electric and just like so full of energy and young energy too and with you know Obama he's a charismatic person and people really believed in the changes that he could bring to the country Mm -hmm. yeah so I think we'll probably remember that night forever yeah I mean it sounds super memorable I think for me it was way more on the down low I wasn't 2008 I was like 13 or something like I did not care about politics but the a lot of teachers at the high at my high school were American I remember there was the presidential debate with Obama McCain right uh that teacher instead of doing the lesson that day he actually just screened it we just watched the debate yeah I remember he was the drama teacher and he was like I guess he decided that day it was more important to show us American politics than it was to teach us anything so um I remember seeing the presidential debate and then i remember later that he had won but it had like no particular meaning to me because i i didn't know anything about american politics i was like who's the president right now it's like oh it's bush right like i barely know anything about that yeah i think i was just like too young to care but um yeah president obama is definitely the person that um shaped my perception of american politics Yeah, when I was a young student. Yeah, I remember there being like a big thing about like how with like Trudeau like there's like two good looking presidents or something (laughs) like when they're together people are like, yes Mm. (laughs) our leaders are hot (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Should we talk about the very last card? Sure I think I know what it is Oh the 2002 world cup Mm -hmm. which happened in korea and japan Mm -hmm. if you remember (laughs) i think for this particular event we are both in south africa Mm -hmm. this was on tv all the time too it was kind of a vindicating moment for me because i had a few encounters before that where people told me seoul uh, korea wasn't a real country and it was just like hey guess where the world cup is in that country that doesn't exist (laughs) but oh did you like call people out no i was a child it was more like later on it was like yes but you know not no like open victory for me but yeah it was um it was a cool one but like also we were so departed from it i know i i'm kind of sad that we didn't get to be a part of it because koreans that i've met here for them It's like a fever dream. Yeah. They just were able to participate in something so much bigger Mm. than anything that they've experienced before. And it brought the country together. And we placed fourth, Mm -hmm. which had never happened before. I heard Korea, like at least Seoul, uh, had, like, that's why they (laughs) strengthened the recycling program because it was for image. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, apparently the recycling was not really a thing, but because of World Cup, they really ramped it up. And now we're, like, super recyclers, so... So that's a good thing. It was a good thing. But it's such a, like, it's such a funny image thing. But, uh, yeah, like, I guess in a lot of ways, we we experienced, like, the aftermath of the World Cup. And, um, only got to really see the broadcasts through, like, replays or, like, on TV. Yeah, but it's, it's really funny. I don't know if you feel the same way, but whenever I'm watching a sporting event, I find I'm very patriotic all of a sudden. Like, I'm, like, rooting for Korea. And, yeah, I think in 2002, during the World Cup, it was, like, one of the first times that I felt, like, very proud and very happy to root for a team. Mm-hmm. That was mine. Oh. And I am not into sports. And I honestly know very little about soccer. Mm-hmm. I would not be able to explain any of the rules to you. But, yeah, there was, like, something very, I don't know, emotional about that, too. And I remember um, the Koreans that lived in Johannesburg, a lot of them got together at people's houses. Oh, I, yeah, I yeah. believe that, yeah. Or at, or at the church, yeah. um, where they had a big screen and i think people bonded over it in that way yeah it's like how definitely something like koreans in south africa could bond over because it's it's like it's simple it's just it's just coming together to like cheer for the same thing i know get get together make food for the team no. and yeah the exciting thing about this world cup was that we usually won all the games even yeah. in like a miraculous fourth i know <laughs> but it's the <laughs> imagine like being in a stadium and you're like on the other team and having to like perform in that environment i mean it's a known thing that teams tend to do well in home games yeah so i may mean, not make sense i think korea For a few years after that, really tried to emulate that kind of spirit. I'd say, like, definitely World Cups following that, people would still gather up in, like, in the streets where they had big screenings and, like, try to cheer together and stuff. And I'd say, like, it showed me, like, how much, like, fervor Korea can have for, like, its own teams, like, that kind of patriotism. I don't know if I really, like, have felt that anywhere else so far. Like, I feel like the, any kind of sports I've ever followed since have been a bit more about, like, the team than, than the country. Mm-hmm. I think the only time I felt a little bit patriotic was when I watched the uh, the archery team in the Olympics, where I was like, my friends didn't know that Koreans were really good at archery. Oh, with and, and I was just like, no, 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 sit down. You're gonna watch you're gonna watch my people absolutely destroy their opponents. And what do they do? They absolutely destroy their opponents. They they they're kick ass. Oh my god, they're just so good. And it was just like, oh yep, that's a that's a perfect bullseye. Oh, oh, that's another perfect bullseye. Yeah, they had to um, get rid of the camera because In, they kept hitting yeah, it and the boss, like, because they kept destroying it <laughs> yeah. like, okay i guess we have to move it aside but maybe it was because like my friends did it had like no idea koreans are good at like that good at archery and i'm like i mean you need to see this my people we've been really good for a really long time <laughs> we're so good that the american team has hired a korean coach yeah yeah it feels kind of good i think that was like one of the few times where i was like no, no, no. i'm kind of proud <laughs> yeah it's funny that sports can do that yeah that you'd feel so patriotic in that moment to, like, show off your yeah. amazing team to your friends. Yeah, I guess it's it's cool when you show one that uh, I think people don't expect, like, the team to be so good at, too. Okay, well, we've worked our way through all the cards. Yeah, that was, that was an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think it's funny that, you know, even when we experience the same event in the same location... We have such different memories. Yeah, it's because you were much younger. For sure, it, like it definitely made like shape the way I saw the world, which was through a very like child lens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. I think moving forward, maybe like major events that we experience together, like like COVID, for example, we we'll, we're both adults now. It'll like converge a bit. More. Yeah, it'll it'll converge, but I think because where we live is different there will always be slight differences. So there's always something to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like how you do. Mar, mar. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Um. well, I think we've run through the cards and I think that's all for today. Yeah. Thanks for chatting with me. Yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> and thanks for listening to Project Between. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.